to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Vero. And I'm Lina. And today we're covering Lucifer, Season 2, Episode 8, Trip to Stabby Town. What a title. Spoiler alert, not the same one in German. What? I am shocked. Who could have seen that coming? How would you translate that to German? You wouldn't. At all? Is there like no words? Are there no words? I would not know how to like stabby town what no but the German title in my opinion is actually much better because it focuses more on the for me relevant part of the story which is what do you really want mother there is definitely a question I asked myself a few asked the television a few times during this episode however it feels very clumsy I think trip to stabby town is much more like you know it's snappy it's punchy it's snappy it's in it's on And this episode definitely was one for the snappy and stabby minds. Mm, so fun. Because in it, a stolen Azrael's blade leads to a killing spree for which no other than mom is to be blamed. But this gives us some hilarious Alan Lucifer time. So who in their right mind would ever complain about this episode? Certainly not me. Well, definitely not me. I'm here to praise <laughs> and I'm here to sing songs and other things. And also, I always sing inside of my mind. Ah. I might just randomly have it burst out just for you but i am also here to tell you the obsession of the week at least what i think is the obsession of the week i'm very curious because i struggled well i struggled to put my finger on it but i have a few different possibilities well if we look at lucifer's obsession of the week it's definitely the blade but in general if we look at it overall it's i think it's anger and pettiness i went in a completely different direction because first i was struggling to even pin down anything because he was so all over the place with Mm -hmm. whatever he was doing but since it then escalates in the whole um, situation in the end with him and mom and Ames and he goes that earth is home and everything Mm. I went with obsession of the week is no killing humanity Mm -hmm. I like mine better (laughs) that's perfectly fine Okay. Since I was struggling, I'm willing to, to live with yours. I think anger is a good obsession because it, when you pick up the blade, you get obsessed with this emotion and obsession to kill maybe could but be a good Lucy. obsession. Yeah, but that's why I said that for Lucifer, the obsession was to get the blade. And I went a step further because why yeah, does yeah, he want yeah. to get the blade? So there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. Keep it killing simple. of humans. <laughs> Speaking of keeping it simple, on the contrary, our oh. writer this time is a one-time writer, only wrote this one episode Mm -hmm. but they're one of the creators of Lost oh god (laughs) I mean have you watched Lost? I tried. I stopped. I think I watched like season one and I was like, well, this is really good. Same. Let's let's see season two. And then I was just like, oh, fuck, what's happening? Is it dinosaurs? Is it flying blades? Is somebody going to... No idea what happens there. Exactly. So I just remember wavering grass in a helicopters. I don't know. Doesn't really make sense. In I my found head. it really uh, hilarious that this episode was written by one of the three creators of Lost. Very telling. I have a lot of curious tidbits 
notes, but I sprinkled them throughout the episode because they relate so closely to certain scenes. Mm -hmm. And I felt that was more appropriate this time. And of course, we're back to Lucifer saying the title of the episode, which puts him seven out of eight. Then we can move on to previously on Lucifer. You, you've done it better with the British. Do you mean give me more British? Previously on Lucifer. Very good. Lucifer empathized with Chloe about her dad. Uriel brought Azrael's blade to Earth. Lucifer killed Uriel with it. Lucy shows Linda his devil face. Mum shows Ames where Yuri is buried. And Ames is whining about being done with dad. Short and on point. Nothing to add. We start with our classical cold open that oh, has nothing to do with the actual episode. And I actually uh, appreciate it when I do it like that. Mm -hmm. And we have murder one happening. I found it surprising that we have people actually trying to interfere with her being chased. I did, like, it's it's rare to see that. Mm. Like, you have people trying to get in the way. You have people mm. shouting out. So that was nice to see that people care. In fairness, she was running down screaming help. So I know that it's not a normal thing. But to actually do something. The first lesson you learn in self-defense is never ask for help. Instead, you need to address people directly so they will actually help you. The generic cry for help will rarely get you any help. Yeah, there is a beautiful psychological study on this I read a while back. I'm sure so. we talked about that already. So it's nice to see that people are actually trying to intervene. And sure. of course, we know instantly that she knows her killer because she goes, oh, it's you. So even though it comes up very, very quickly during the murder investigation, Investigation mm. that it must have been like a personal killing. Mm -hmm. We know so from minute two. Also, she says, but we solved this already or something in that sense. So there's a way to solve this. I'm sure there's a way to solve this, she says. Really? Because I felt like it was, we. I thought that we solved this was the sentence. I d forgot to put on my subtitles for this episode. So the problem between the two of them later on is the parking space that she keeps parking in his space. So yeah, so that's why it made sense to me that she said it's not a resolved situation yeah I felt like they already resolved it but like never mind that's not important anyway I loved how the episode starts so idyllic and she's riding on her bicycle and she's all smiley and suddenly just, just takes her down off the bike it's very it escalates it's, very quickly I like that yeah yeah and the episode very quickly lives up to its name yeah that was a nice one we then go on and are finally back in therapy well Whoop, whoop. At least officially, but not really, because Linda is very distracted by the fact that Lucy is the devil, which mm. I find extremely believable, and I'm happy that they give us this realism. And I appreciate it a lot that we get spoken confirmation that Mace's insight is what helped Linda to get at least halfway back to normal. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. You want everything to be Mace's doing. <laughs> well, everything awesome, of course. Ah, yeah. Ah, you're gonna have a field day with this one. Yeah, Linda is really trying to accept Lucifer for who he is, but Lucifer obviously is not helping. But he runs off while in the middle of his therapy session, when by that I mean he was the doctor, I suppose, for Linda, more likely. It's just a whole reverse type of thing. It, it's gonna come back, but the reverse therapy session is, is very fun for me. It's starting there, and the next therapy session yeah. we get the proper reverse. It's great. We get Lucifer running 
dropping off for a phone call to the crime scene we just saw. And uh, have you seen Dan's face when Lucifer say, ooh, saved by the douche? Dan gets super annoyed. Yeah, because last episode they had seemed to come to a sort of level playing yeah. field. So, But it's not like Lucifer to just abandon a good nickname. For those who can't see me, I'm shrugging. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious and Dan's reaction made it even better. The way just the look like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go again. Ah, Dan is doing well in this episode for me. Oh, yes, definitely. Very, very good Dan vibes. But I found it impressive when Lucifer walks in and Chloe's walking next to her, like into into the scene. Mm-hmm. And he's complaining about having a broken therapist. And Chloe once again offers to be the one Lucifer could talk to because she already knows all of his dark bits and he goes like yeah actually you don't and after the experience with Linda it's now to me extremely obvious that there's gonna be no chance in hell haha pun intended (laughs) that Lucifer will willingly show Chloe his devil face because there is just a much too high risk that she would not be able to get over it so what I have been asking for since episode one season one with the get over it with it just do it is not gonna happen because now he has uh, a case in point with Linda that while it might be possible it is extremely difficult Mm. and he's not going to risk that Yeah. so Chloe's offering is very positive for her character but it's not going to get us anywhere plot wise yeah to be fair I am actually very happy with that because I feel like it would make it yes it would make it super simple and and fun but and good and whatever and then the show would be over yeah for one the show would be over and two I think Lucifer he knows his powers quite well and his effect on people and the fact that he now is developing this relationship with Chloe he realizes that this is not a good shout and I think the only reason why he show his, showed his def- devil face to Linda was a moment of desperation of I don't know what else to do right now but to do it. He was it. vulnerable he was desperate and he felt very much utterly alone. Exactly. And Linda said exactly the right thing in the exactly wrong moment and as thanks she got deeply traumatized exactly however we get to see the picture of the stabbing which I mean hilarious why would you take a selfie in front of a dirty side alley for one but like whatever that's not the point just because your selfie game is much more on point than most people's I can assure you if you don't know what you're doing when taking selfies there's gonna be all kinds of crap in the background okay fair enough like a murder or maybe a dead rat or something but I fucking called it it's the blade Yes. I called it. I knew it. I actually have to note later on when we get to the grave that Vero was right. Yeah, I have it there as well. I have it here and then I have it over there because I just really love celebrating when I'm correct. I acknowledge your correctness. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you being so graceful about this because I would get very salty and mean. How could I not? The facts prove that you're right. I know, but I would still get salty. Never mind. Yeah, I call oh, it. If, if, the if the roles were uh, reversed, you would... Yeah, I would accept my defeat, but I would be salty about it. So I admire and appreciate your acceptance of the truth. Can't wait for it to be the other way around. Uh, it's gonna 
gonna happen, I'm telling you. I have a lot of bold claims. Lucy also recognizes, of course, the blade, and then he just leaves, which he sometimes does, and I love Chloe's reaction with just like, what? Like, what and off what, he goes. What do you mean? I think it was actually a good save when he said, oh no. It's like, what? Uh, it's definitely not a movie prop, right? Because they're rubber. It was such a bad save. Good save, Lucy. Well done. So smooth. Double thumbs up. And we move on to the woods. There is a lot of very unidentified music in this episode. I love basically the field trip where Lucy Ames and Mace walking through the woods. That was oh. really nicely done. I got very angry in this moment that Lucifer buried the fucking blade with the body. I have caps because like I said that someone was gonna dig up the fucking body and the body was gonna be a problem. Well, I was at least half right. Someone did dig up the body, but the body apparently isn't the problem, but instead the fucking blade that was buried with him. Because how could I have seen it coming that Lucifer's gonna be that stupid? The blade should be in a fucking safe or the penthouse or I don't know. In fairness, he will address it later and his logic kind of makes sense. He had a safe place for his wings that kept him safe for more than long enough so he could have made it better. For one, he was planning to keep them in his possession and for two, the wings got stolen. So, you know, maybe he doesn't trust that system. Because of Ames. This got stolen because of mom. So now he knows that he has to make sure, thief-proof his things against his own family yeah. celestial beings and angels yeah so I was very angry in that moment because it feels utterly stupid to me to bury the blade like that I agree because I think he should have kept it in case he ever needed it that was my assumption this just proves that Maze wasn't the one cleaning up the crime scene yes but I feel that a lot of this is the fact that Lucifer was in such a deep hurt he was in so much pain that he felt like he just wants to put this whole situation away and he found a place in the middle of nowhere where nobody ever goes and he just buried it literally buried the situation for himself and in a sense in a way it makes sense oh, to me. as far as metaphors Absolutely. It makes sense to me what he done. It's not necessarily the smartest thing to do, but it makes sense to me considering the narrative of the story. When it comes to metaphors or symbolism, you're absolutely right. It makes perfect sense that he buried Uriel and the blade instead of dealing with it in an appropriate matter because that's what's happening on an emotional scale and a psychological scale as well. But now that Linda is coming back out of it, there's hopes that maybe now we can actually deal with all of this. We also get in five minutes 50 seconds the title card yeah. and very shortly after we get the title drop yep. after we learn that the blade has side effects and one of them is it turns humans into killers happy days but speaking of you were right that Mace did not clean up Lucy's mess when Lucy tells her that I clean up my messes she just scoffs at him and it's hilarious I love it I mean, yeah <laughs> had Mace cleaned this up none of this would have happened I'm pretty sure yeah I'm gonna leave you with this one I'm not gonna fight you on this I have some random things that I noticed so for for once Yuri's body is not decomposing it doesn't look like it seems very wholesome celestial body maybe yeah 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure I just found it quite interesting and wanted to point that out also Lucifer says sis is no sweet peach which is quite good 
it in a sense it gives us and I mentioned this a minute ago it gives us a little bit of a sense of who Azrael is as a as a character so I kind of appreciated that but also the gender thing I know that you are still on the angels should be or are genderless in fairness if they call each other brother and sister yeah that absolutely would indicate gender so eh, just kind of felt like this is yet another confirmation towards yeah no in in the Lucifer lore yeah angels are most definitely gendered mm-hmm And I'm quite curious what type of angels we're going to meet in the future and what uh, gender they're going to have. Yep. So It's going to be interesting. When Lucy says he's bringing in an expert, it's super obvious that it's Ella. And I love that we cut and then we're straight in Ella's laboratory. So very nicely done. When you say laboratory, I just imagine like a Frankenstein. Ella as a witch. <laughs> no, I just imagine Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> I can totally picture Ella like that. Yeah, definitely. Right. I found it very sweet when they started talking about favor and Ella goes on the the whole point of a favor is about doing it for free. Favors are about faith and Lucy is like please don't ruin favors for me and I really enjoyed that and I love the type of interaction mm. between the two of them when Lucy also calls Ella a nasty little nerd and they set it up very very nicely with mm-hmm. Ella was gonna ask a favor in the future of him and she whispers to him and it was like hey ooh, what, what can it be and I'm gonna get into this later but I'm extremely disappointed by the reveal of what it is but we will talk about that in the penultimate scene because here it's not relevant yet Yeah, I like the way they set it up for sure. It feels the setup like was great. They were trying to make it look like, oh, look, it might be sexual, but they also gave us enough for us to know that we know that it's not. So I kind of like that. That is me on this scene. My first note is, Lucy, you could have helped Ella with the case. Come on, carrying the suit, suit case. That case, not the case case. Mm-hmm. My first note is, or rather, one of the main things that make this episode so extremely enjoyable mm. is the chemistry Lucy and Ella have. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that we get so much exclusive one-on-one time with the two of them. Like first in the laboratory and now we're on the scene and like later on when she's in, in his penthouse and everything. Dexter's laboratory. That's the thing that all always comes to mind when you say laboratory. It's like cartoonish chem lab. So I really appreciate having that because mm-hmm. so far the only interaction we had of the two of them was on the sides during a crime scene. We also get this in this one, uh, but here the interaction is much better, even at the crime scene with other people around. And of course, Ella being Ella instantly finds us a much more valuable clue than the one Lucifer was able to see. So yay. Ella. However, Lucifer's clue will come to play later, which I also like. Which is very fit to how most of the cases usually pan out. He will say something outrageous at the beginning or something weird and then it will turn out in the very end that his outlandish approach was actually the right way to go. Lucy yeah. is a good detective. The little joke they make when they show up to the crime scene and Ella... She's about to push her into the grave. Yeah, Ella's mind goes straight into, oh, did you bring me here to kill me? And he grabs her and like fake pushes her into the grave and she gets out this squ- weak slash scream that feels very real to me so I do wonder how much of that was scripted <laughs> because that it just that would be just so hilarious and I feel like from what I've seen videos from the sets and interactions between the cast would be exactly like something that Tom Ellis would do I have a, a note for that later on but not for this scene okay but I agree with you that the squeak was adorable and even if it was scripted it was very well done if it wasn't it's even more hilarious either so- 
story. So we have a clue and since now Ella is on track for Lucy's case, we can go back to the actual case of the episode yep. by visiting the yoga studio. I called it the gym question mark. No, it's... And then I had another question with us. Is this a cult? Yes. It's a freaking cult. That, that's my note. Cult. It's to the glory way and Guru Jensen. It's a cult. It's a freaking cult and nothing less. Yep. I don't, didn't really take much from this scene except for the fact that Chloe tries more to... more jealous. Yeah. Get, she tries to get a little bit more information of Lucifer. Lucifer is not helping to it. I don't know if he does it consciously or not. There's going to be this moment. That's just the way he is. That's just the way he is. And I think that that just kind of pushes Chloe in a little bit more towards that weird behavior that she is, that we can Definitely. call jealousy. And it just supports all her te- theories. What can, what can we say? Have you noticed that in the end of the scene, when Chloe is given out to him, he just stares into distance and like tilts his head a little bit. And it feels like he's looking at one of the yoga people on the mats, like off the screen. And she's like, hmm, yeah, do that pose, type, that type of a face. Uh, just Nope, I didn't notice that. Love these little details. Love them. Speaking of little details. We have a cutscene, actually. Oh, is, this is the moment. This is the moment. When we, Are we this done with this scene? This is the moment. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of little details. Nice one. Thank you. There is a first cutscene in a while. First cutscene of this season, I believe. And absolutely understandable why it got cut. It's a very simple, straightforward, done Chloe walking through the precinct, talking about shaking bushes and done complaining that if Lucifer wants to be so thorough, he should be the one doing the betting of all of these. So he's pretty much complaining that he needs to do his job. And Chloe looks at him as he walks away, pissed off, and just gives us this thinking face saying, hmm, where is Lucifer anyway? As she turns around, we cut to the lab because he is with Ella. I agree. Makes sense to cut it, but it's also very nice to have It's very cute. Tippets. Yeah. In the lab scene that's coming up now, we have, of course, Ella being the best at what she does. I have a tiny bit of IMDb smart assery and I wouldn't be me if I didn't enjoy smart assery. Go for it. Ella says she rehydrated the burnt paper using polyvinyl acetate. While PVA is a solution that is routinely used on damaged paper or papyrus documents, it is not rehydrating. It is stabilizing the paper to prevent it falling apart or falling apart any further. PVA is also known as Elmer's glue, wood glue or white glue. So someone did not do their homework when they said which chemical was used to rehydrate the paper. Look, what do you want? These people wrote lost. Exactly. And of course, my other only other note for this moment is law firm logo can only mean mom. Screw you, mom! Yep, I did have this note back in uh, the scene where they discovered the empty grave. Whoever could have known where the body is, <laughs> I wonder. So, yeah, mother. I didn't consider it back then, so props to I, you. It was, for me at that moment, it was either Ames or mom because of their whole ominous conversation they had two episodes ago above Uriel's grave so ah well I actually had very very shortly considered it to be Azriel herself oh that she might be able to feel her blade and come collect it or something interesting but it would make no sense that she starts killing random humans so yeah. I very quickly disregarded that idea mm. so now that we know that Mama is the baddie how surprising we go into her office and I don't remember did we talk about the pictures in her office yet or not we did not 
not. Because she has pictures, paintings hanging in her office. Mm. And those pictures are of pomegranates. And I did not know this. She had that fruit on her cooking gear Mm. in one of the scenes where she's posing as Charlotte. And so reminder that pomegranate is one of the potential fruits for the actual apple of truth. Because that one wasn't an apple. Yeah. And if you don't remember that wonderful detailed tangent, go back to (laughs) whichever previous episode that is you just go to our patreon and you become a believer and then one of our bonus material has a lengthy tangent on my part on what the fruit of the tree of knowledge actually was because spoiler not an apple Yep, I think it was way back when we just started out. So it was definitely one of the first episodes. Then, of course, it is extremely impressive that mom was able to read all the law books in one weekend. <laughs> I mean, it that also would mean super speed because you need to be able to scan the pages quickly. Mm-hmm. So mom seems to have a lot more talents hidden than we are actively made aware of. Yeah, also probably photographic memory. Yes, what is not surprising on the other hand is that she is willing to let uncounted amounts of humans die because we already know that such small things like the great flood were done by her so obviously she has absolutely no regard for human life even though I found it surprising that she seemed to genuinely expect God to react I feel like she's trying to figure out what changed and by these actions like put out the feelers you know what I mean I'm not 100% sure that she expected God to react to this but she bluntly comes out admits to what she's done and I just feel like not a good look if she wants to be Lucifer's close family. For me, she really believed that if enough Mm. humans die, God would at least interfere in some way. Eh, Possible. And also, she says to Lucifer, you seem attached to these creatures. Showing by saying that, that she does not know her son as well as she seems to believe she does and seems to like to claim she does. She's said this before, though. She expressed her surprise about Lucifer caring about humans or even wanting to be on Earth. She keeps asking the question, but she doesn't want to know the answer and it that just pisses me off it's like why why she doesn't get it like she has absolutely no understanding why a child of her would prefer humans or humanity to celestial beings and earth to heaven but we get into that at the very end when lucifer yeah. finally gets a chance to actually answer that yeah i don't know this whole scene was super annoying to me because i don't know i don't know what game is she playing i hate that i don't know and i don't know it just all felt like another way to manipulate Lucifer into doing something and I did yes. not I did not be, blah, blah, agree with Mom that. Mom keeps on plugging the strings pulling the strings whatever the English pulling idiom the is. Yeah. Yeah. So mom keeps on pulling the strings to just make everybody dance the way she likes. Mm-hmm. We go then into the wonderful following the leads scene. Oh god I love this so much. It's a great scene. First thing that shows up there is a little bit Lucifer just said that people will kill each other over the pettiest things. Now Dan comes in getting <laughs> upset about pudding. Little 
something fishy this way comes. This will come to play later. And I wrote and it down and I knew I called it and it does. But Dan, while being extremely put out by his missing pudding, was not still too distracted to realize and point out that Chloe is jealous. Oh, yeah. He got a lot of brownie points for offering to be an actual proper good friend and <coughs> listen to Chloe. <coughs> even when it came to other guys. I'm not 100% sure how genuine that offer is, but it's very precious. I agree with that. Did you did you read that as not genuine? I'm also pretty sure that he was trying to wind her up because he saw Lucifer approaching. <laughs> he just saw it as a great opportunity to make fun of Chloe. I still read his offer as genuine, so... I think that there is a chance that he was genuine about the offer, but at the same time, I wouldn't put it past him to be just saying it because, I mean, the last thing he wants to see is Chloe and Lucifer together. But he does this very low thing to Chloe to poke fun at her while Lucy is approaching, knowing how she was reacting. And he well deserves the reaction that he gets from Chloe by Chloe inviting Lucifer to his poker games. It was just well played, Chloe. Well, I'm curious if we're going to see that poker game in the next episode or something. Maybe not in the next episode, but like eventually that would be really good. So after this beautiful, beautiful scene. Oh, so good. We get to follow this absolute gem of a conversation that happens between Ames and Mizakin, where it's just so fucking... These two scenes, these two situations written will make up for the entire episode if it was shit. It's not... But these two moments are so fucking well done and they're hilarious, they're amazing and they're so well acted as well. So the whole, uh, yeah, but you know, it's not like your uh, hot body leather outfit works so great. Well, it does. <laughs> Burn, Ames. Also, as usual, Mace is 100% right when she says mom is the problem. Absolutely. But obviously Ames is now under her spell, so... And her thumb is... Is that a thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's got him under her thumb now. So, oh, I have issues with that. Mm. He's a little ankle biter, skirt hugger. He's... But he was the papa's boy when he first came to Earth. What happened to him? Because he got so disappointed by his father. So he now latches on even stronger onto the other parent. See, the problem with this is that he wasn't disappointed by his father. He was disappointed by himself, but he just refuses to admit it to himself. I'm pretty sure there's also a healthy dose of disappointment into his father and resentment. And general disabandoned issues. And the entire family is fucked, so... No lack of issues. Yeah. So after this beautiful conversation, they walk down the stairs, meet up with Lucifer. Lucifer sends them away. I know that they were distracted by going into the office and looking for the blade and having the conversation that they had. But like, come on, have they not noticed the fucking liters and liters of blood all over the place? I didn't think that they came through the front door, I have to say. I hmm. And you're totally right because Abe's doesn't fly anymore. But yeah, they probably have to have come through the main entrance and then Mm. they should at least have realized that there was a fucking bloody handprint on the window in the door. It just felt like I understand that they were distracted and that they were looking for something very specific in a very specific place but ah, power of observations people. Maybe they saw and didn't care. Maybe. It it would work for Mace. Yeah, probably. I think if anybody saw it, Ames wouldn't notice it. I think if anybody would notice it, it would be Mace and you're right, she probably wouldn't care. Speaking of 
of the bloody handprint. Chloe notices it while talking to Lucifer and then the two of them approach the door and once more we get a beautiful example of Chloe and Lucifer working properly together as a team with her drawing the gun, him opening the door, her being positioned accordingly and everything and I really enjoy that the two of them now have enough rapport with each other to work this seamlessly with each other. Yeah, they're so. actual partners now. Then we are in our next crime scene. Lucy tries to make this outlandish claim that one person stabbed the next and so on and so on. And Ella shows up but she's so excited and she instantly agrees with Lucifer. This is gonna be at the panels and ooh. And, oh, like, I, I love Ella in this uh, moment a whole lot. This is amazing though because you get to see the, the love that she has for the job that she does and the morbidity of herself and her character is just it's good and it's kind of sweet enough for you to be for it not to be creepy but at the same time it shows that there's so much fucking darkness in this girl it's ridiculous I love it and then the whole situation the theater that they perform so they start to reenact the crimes for a bit and I have an extremely IMDb fun side fact <laughs> an extreme fun IMDb side fact that's the right order at a convention in 2019 Tom Ellis and Amy Garcia revealed that Lauren German who plays Chloe masterminded the comically suggestive bit where Ella and Lucifer reenact one of the murder scenes. <laughs> Tom added that Amy didn't realize he had placed his hand atop of her head until she saw the episode. Oh my god. Doesn't <sighs> that make it just that much better that Lauren was the one to suggest parts of this reenactment? It does not surprise me at all. I fucking love this. This is what a good show stands on. If you have your cast interacting with each other and be creative on the spot, it just makes for such a good moment. And also have such a deep understanding of not just your character, but also of the other characters. And the way they interact. Yeah, so this just is a brilliant example to show us how well they work with each other and how deeply they understand mm -hmm. both each other and their own characters. I really enjoyed this side fact for sure. that IMDb gave us there. Do I wonder at which convention that was? Because I didn't remember a convention where Tom Ellis and Amy were together. They started doing Lucifer conventions with creation last year. Ah, okay. I, I don't pay attention to creation. So. As far as I know, anyway. <laughs> I don't pay attention to creation. Ah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> here we go. Oh my God. Here we, here we go on a podcast that is named, literally named after a thing from a Bible. Ah, isn't it great? What? Now, well, no, no, that's a total coincidence. Coinky dinky. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you not know that, that word? It's great. When we go into this back to the precinct moment, we have Jensen Gloria as the new suspect. And I mean, wow, what a name. Indeed, what a name. And when Chloe talks about it, I, I only have to note in caps, I said it's a cult. <laughs> we both did. I didn't know that when I wrote my notes that you were going to be as up to it as I was. <laughs> not just us, but also the characters on screen realize it's a fucking cult. We go back to reverse therapy. Yay. Because Linda is lying on the couch and Lucy is sitting in the chair. I think I mentioned this before, but I appreciate so, so, so much that the show acknowledges that Linda is still working through her issues with this 
entire thing. And Lucy is, especially for his temperament and character, really, really patient. Yes. I really appreciate that we have this interaction because let's be honest, it doesn't do anything to further the plot or anything. They could have dealt with this much quicker, but I really appreciate that they give us this time to see Linda grow through session to session to session. Mm -hmm. And so it feels extremely natural and authentic to have her be speechless near breakdown when she first sees the devil face to at the end of this episode be able to even crack the joke with the doctor is in and so this is one of my favorite things about this episode that we get this authentic growth of Linda yep it's very good it's what I really appreciate about Linda in this moment is that because we get to see her struggles it's not her coming off completely fucked up one day and then just takes some time to deal and then she just shows up out of nowhere saying I dealt with it I'm good they didn't deal with it off screen which is often done with difficult stuff and it's really nice to see how she's working through it and then she really is trying hard and working hard to be able to help Lucifer in the future. Mm. Yep, as much as I love the scene. Nothing else to say about this. Nothing really else to say, yeah. It was curious because in the entire episode, basically half of the scenes have no to very little notes and half of the scenes have a lot. So it was very dual because the next one when fucking Jensen Glory is in the interrogation room, I just have to say he's a disgusting piece of meat person stuff whatever everything about him how he comes off his attitude his his speech his everything it's just blah yep i absolutely and that's agree. all i have to say <laughs> Pretty much the only thing I have to say about this scene is that I love that Lucifer quotes Spice Girls at him. It's Tell just... me what you want, what you really, really want. I love that he is playing around with the usage of his powers and what the way he phrases is that it's not just the boring, I have to say this sentence in order for it to work. It's not like I'm going to yes. use a spell. It's more of a I'm using my power and with that I'm asking a question. So yeah. that's lovely. Then we move on to several penthouse meetings. I kept all the people popping in and out of the penthouse in one scene because I'm a lazy person. I know sometimes you get tired of me praising Maze, but her stealing the fucking Pop-Tarts? I mean, hey, I have a question for you. Would you be so amazed by it if it was done by any other character? The only other characters who would do this is Lucifer. And would you praise it? Yes. Okay, well then, in that case, I'm gonna be fine with it. But it's a fucking amazing moment. After Maze drops all the Pop-Tarts on the piano and then for some reason leaves them there and Instead of taking at least one of them with her, Ella is the next one to show up for a penthouse meeting. And of course, Ella being Ella, she connected both cases because the both of the cases are connected. She is so smart! Once more, we have the faith thrown around by Ella. And this time, Lucifer uses it against Ella, which I kind of really like. And she calls him out on it. Like, you you know you can't use my logic against me. That's not fair. I really enjoyed this entire thing with him using it against her and everything but I think we had this discussion in the past about what is the difference between faith and believing Yeah, and the equation between favors are faith and blah I have slight issues with that not so much that we have to go into another discussion about what is faith don't you worry but 
it felt like a bit of an easy way to shoehorn this in but I can live with it because it is done extremely entertainingly and because Ella and Lucy have this amazing chemistry very true also she mentioned that she grew up in Detroit which yes. is a little tidbit that we learn about Ella and um, I just want to know everything and I have to confess the only things I know about Detroit I know from more or less shitty televisions and movies so might not be that accurate but as far as I have learned Detroit is a hard place to live like bad economy I imagine so yes I think that's why she mentions it as well there's a few neighborhoods or towns in America that are mentioned in that context on television and yeah Detroit and Detroit is, is of often used as if you're from there then you've seen some shit and you've gone through some shit and you survived some shit so I'm still extremely curious to get more proper background info on Ella and I kind of hope that at some point we get an Ella episode I'm sure the, you will where we have a crime scene or a case that relates to her in the way those crime scenes usually relate to either Chloe or Dan or Lucifer or give us more personal information on her yeah they hug perfect timing for Chloe to show up and it was so obvious that Chloe walks in in that moment I'm not gonna go into that because I complained enough last episode to last me for at least five more <laughs> And then Lucifer checks the file that Chloe brought in. I have no idea what he saw or realized or what made him go like, ah, and then he has to go. I have no idea. I haven't actually checked the file, but I would imagine it would be something in a... You don't see it, but what information would it be that brings him to where he is going? Well, why would she go to Guru's apartment? Because he looked in the file and I'm assuming that he saw something that would prove that she has been a attacked by the guru at some stage. Do you think that in the file there was that... Either a complaint of harassment... She is one of the harassment cases. Yeah, probably. I'd I'd imagine it would be something like that because this is directly where he connects everything together when he shows up and see see what's happened. I can live with that. Do you want to go into anything with Chloe for the scene? Nah, not really. This is really fun. I'm just really enjoying the ride right now in in this episode. It was just very good. If we move on to the next scene, I actually named this scene because I usually call it by the location and I was struggling to figure out how to call this location because it's just pissing me off. The Guru's home. Yeah, well, but that didn't come to mind. So I instead called it The Site of Murder. Ooh. And a forgotten Agatha Christie novel. Nice. I called it Finding the Blade. That's very straightforward. <laughs> but we do have a song coming with this called Dark Room Double by Moon and Pollution. This whole scene just gives me what I hoped for. We get a situation where the fucking fucker gets punished for everything that he's done in his life. And there is a lot. I would like to believe that the girl gets off Corona. By Corona. Corinna. Corinna. It's not Corona. I was thinking, like, I'd probably remember if her name was Corona. Corinna. Corinna. Yes, that makes sense. That rings a bell. Uh, So I would like to believe that Corinna gets a minimum sentence because of what Lucifer tells Chloe. Because he turns it around into self-defense and everything. And yeah, I hope so too. I have several notes on this because A, and most Mm -hmm. important, Lucifer is going after the blade himself. After the blade that can potentially kill him. Mm -hmm. That seems extremely dangerous and not for through on his part. I understand that he feels responsible because he buried it and I understand that he doesn't want to get Maze or Ames closer to the case because then Chloe would ask questions and yeah, I I understand all that but I found it surprising that there was no acknowledgement on his part that what he's doing is actually potentially lethal to himself. Mm. 
And for the first time in a few episodes, he actually doesn't want to kill her, kill himself. Exactly. So that that I found surprising. I extremely appreciated because this is one of the moments where real life rarely is as satisfactory because of legal and social reasons. But I very much enjoyed the Corinna killed her rapist, Lucy saying justice has been served and turning the narrative into self-defense. Mm-hmm. Technically, yes, this was still self-defense. Maybe she was not in immediate danger, but... In reality, you're still not allowed to kill your rapist. Well, yeah, you're not. But like, in if you like flip it on your head in this moment, the way it happened, yes. So this gives me, inside my escapism, gives me the satisfaction escapism. that normal life... We talked about this. Yeah, th- this is going to be one of my words that I can't. So I really appreciate that. And I actually had forgotten, and the first time I saw this, didn't see it coming, that Dan is the one who took the knife. See, I knew that was going to happen because of the whole pudding rant earlier. When it was clear that Dan has the knife, my brain immediately went, well, guess now we're going to see if Vero was right or not last episode. Do you remember why? Uh, no. Last episode, you made an extreme point that Dan is simply such a good an actor when it comes to hatred for Lucifer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once again, you were right. Because in the beginning, Dan goes through like, oh, you destroyed my marriage and you blew up my work and you ate my pudding. And then he starts (sighs) fighting the blade, getting props by Lucifer, who actually helps him fight through the effects of the blade. But while he's fighting the effects of the blade, he acknowledges that he does not blame Lucifer. And apparently there is no genuine hatred in his heart for Lucifer. So props to Vero. Last episode. Wow, I am on the roll. But also there is a best sentence interaction of this episode right now, right here, where Lucifer is trying to calm Dan down and Dan attacks him with the, but you ate my pudding. And Lucy's like, well, how was I supposed to know that it was yours? And he jumps at him because it was labeled. It's so fun. It's so fucking good. And Kevin Alejandro is just doing the best. He's selling the shit out of this. I fucking love this scene. I don't think we've praised Kevin's acting abilities enough, but this is one of the moments where he really gets to shine a bit. I mean, the whole, like, even the look that he gave Lucifer at the very first scene, at the crime scene, when he just like, oh, Jesus, just here we go again. And like all these little things. I personally really like Kevin Alejandro as an actor since I first saw him on True Blood. I still think that you, I I know that you think it's a stress show, but I think that you should watch it just for him because he is so very good at it. And I just, I can't. He's so good. If I watched shows just because of one or two actors that were in them, I would have no time. So I have to extremely limit the shows I watch for that reason alone. Fair enough. Also, I hope that the appreciation for Dan is gonna, by Lucifer, is gonna grow from now on a little bit more again. Because not only when we were seeing Lucifer using his powers on Dan, we saw that he is one of the complicated ones. And Lucifer acknowledging that and now again coming out of his way saying, wow, you're resisting the blade. So there's inner strength I didn't expect you to have. Yes, what you just said. So it just piles up on Dan is actually much more wholesome human than we thought. And he's strong on a psychological, emotional, psychic level. Yes. I'm actually curious if they're going to do anything with that. I'm hoping they will. If anyone of the siblings of Lucifer is going to mess with him or something. I don't know. But I feel like there's potential there. I mean, they're using it right now. So I'm not complaining. I'm just curious 
curious if they're gonna use it more. I'm sure they will. They know they have gold there. I don't have notes for the next one, so... Is that the precinct conversation? Yeah, with ad- addressing Chloe's jealousy. Oh, yeah. Without yeah, so, yeah, so anything there. And then Lucifer takes the blade out of Dan's hand and Dan just wanders off, utterly confused, which is beautiful. And then we go to the precinct where we have Lucifer and Chloe having a conversation about jealousy. There is a few little moments that I really like. One of those is, in complete fairness, Lucifer clearly has quite unique relationship to Ella because he very rarely calls her anything else but Ella. He does not really do that to anybody else except for Maze and names because they don't really have any other names. True. Which is something that is something to think about, I guess. So I can see where... That's actually a really good point. Of the humans that he interacts on with a more or less regular basis, he rarely uses their proper given names. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. I'm going to think about this. So this, to me, shows off that their relationship is uh, something a little bit different. Which, honestly, I really, really like. Because of this whole special relationship between Lucy- Lucifer and Ella, I can see where Chloe's jealousy is kind of coming from. In a sense of she sees that it's different and she... I don't, I'm not saying she necessarily wants that, but I can see why she would be jealous and I think that's a really nice bit at the end of the scene she walks off, she walks away you can see on Lucifer that he realizes what just happened so you get this little ah was she actually and it just warmed my heart we can now move on to the next scene I named this scene back to proper therapy because as I mentioned before we are now going full circle while Lucifer offers Linda that now he is willing to take the time and actually answer all her hell questions they throughout this scene reach an agreement and an understanding that while yes he is the devil and his father is God and she had sex with the devil she still is exhibiting certain psychological behaviors that she is more than familiar with and that she is trained in dealing with it feels like this is the final thing that had to snap into place in her mind that while this creature in front of her may not human it has very human problems yeah I really like the full circle that we did when last episode Mace said we are still the same people and now mm. we get to Lucifer saying I am still the screwed up patient so it's kind yeah. of a nice full circle moment where Linda is finally fixed and it's believable that, that for me yeah. was the most important thing that her transitioning through this realization of learning that it's all true and not metaphor to now being the fucking devil's therapist and knowing it was so realistic for mm. lack of a better word. I mean, yeah. we're talking about a fucking devil, but it was extremely realistic. So I just have to say Linda is just the fucking best. Absolutely. They treated her right. I'm very appreciative on how they treated her character because we both have watched enough shows where character development sometimes gets thrown out of the window and I'm very happy. I absolutely agree with that. Linda is great. Now we're going to disagree because yeah. we're in the penultimate scene that I called The Devil's Going to Church. Mm-hmm. And we have a song that is playing as well and its name is Bad Blood by Tumbleweed Wanderers. Well, isn't that a fitting title? Isn't it always? <laughs> I said so, I think before we started recording, my issue with this scene is that Ella using her favor to make Lucifer go to church borders for me extremely close on imposing your faith on someone. And A, I never appreciate on anyone doing that. But also B, for me, it feels extremely out of character for Ella. As everything that we've learned so far about her is that she 
is extremely comfortable in her faith. Mm -hmm. She will talk about it when people address it or when it comes up or when it's matching whatever is, is happening or talked about. But she has never come across to me as someone trying to convert to overstate it. So her using the tit-for-tat favor to make Lucifer come to church felt out. And so I wasn't happy on both accounts of my personal sensibilities and on behalf of Ella's character. I'm not going to extremely disagree with you on that one. It can be <gasps> very sensitive topic. And I personally also hate when people are forcing their beliefs on me. But I think in this situation, it wasn't as much of a you have to believe in what I want to believe. It was more of a look, you come with me now and it changed my life and maybe it will change yours. It felt more of a I have a suggestion. This is what helped me. Why don't you give it a go and we'll see what happens. And I think that the premise or the foundation on which she built the favor on is the fact that he is walking around talking about the fact that he is the devil. So he clearly has a deep knowledge of, of this particular religion. So it didn't feel completely out of place to me. But I, I can absolutely see where you're coming from. I agree that it's not believe in this or die uh, approach. But it's she says uh, something to the amount to that her life got that much better that when she found the connection with the big guy. Yes. I fully appreciate people saying like, hey, I went through some similar experience that you had or I went through something that also traumatized me or went through something that was difficult for me and I tried XYZ be it mm -hmm. religion be it therapy be it exercising be it whatever be it mm. knitting and going like hey this really helped me and if you're interested I would be happy to like walk the first few miles with you on, mm. on this because I believe this might help yeah. you so in full agreement for that but and see where you're going <laughs> and also Lucifer insisted that it had to be a trade of favors in the beginning Ella was very adamant that a favor does not have to be reciprocated so so everything speaks for Ella, but this is a very touchy thing for me. And so far, Ella has been a shining example of a religious person. And this is the first blemish for mm. me on her religion cred card. So yeah, and that's absolutely. I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it probably is. Yeah. Because so far, she was like... She was perfect. Exactly. And so now we have the first blemish. Which yeah. just humanizes her. And I'm fully aware that this is actually a good thing. But... <laughs> Since you put it that way, isn't that something that you were asking for Chloe to happen since episode I one? I know, I know. Now when it's happening for a different character, you're complaining. I'm not easy to please. Do you see the irony of that, Lina? I don't only see it, I feel it because it's <gasps> okay. inside of me. Uh. And I fully agree with you, yes. But also, have you listened to me during the last 20-something episodes that we recorded? Yes. Then you shouldn't be surprised. I am not surprised. The same way as I am not surprised that this is the type of a favor that Ella would come up to Lucifer with. <laughs> Anything else for the penalty? ultimate from you no I cannot wait to get to the last one though because oh, wow. there is a bunch of shit that I am ready to call out I only have very few things so I'm gonna go first go for it Lucifer being the only rational one in this family meeting felt extremely good for me because Ames is starting to get even more on my nerves and my dislike of mom has been no secret in the last few episodes so him being the most rational one felt really good to my personal sensibilities when he goes hell wasn't home and heaven was hell this extremely clicked for me like this is one of the base truths for this Lucifer character mm -hmm. I really appreciate because remember in the very beginning when we started 
this podcast. Why would he go to Earth for his vacation? Why would he go to LA? And yada, yada, yada. And this actually, for me, is an extremely good argument that Earth is the only place that Lucy has actually chosen to be mm -hmm. and feels like home and everything. So this quote just made me a bit more emotional than it's probably meant to. Aww. And at the very end, when Ames and Mom go into the elevator and Mom goes, what's this saying? When my husband opens, uh, closes, closes the door, door he, he opens the window. window. And I was just like, okay, bitch be plotting. And oh yeah. So I'm hoping that the plotting is going to happen next episode because otherwise the next episode is going to have a very, very heavy stand just like the last one because I'm very invested in the meta plot. So anything not relevant to the meta plot is going to have a high hurdle. You realize that we're not even halfway through this season, right? I'm fully aware. I'm just warning you because I'm going to need your help. This feels very much like a the plot of the season type of a plot. Oh, absolutely. But so. I'm warning <laughs> you because I'm going to need your help to basically get over it yeah. and still appreciate the non-meta parts of the season. Yeah. Okay. Well, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. However, <laughs> I went to a little bit more details and some stuff. I agree with Lucifer being the... How do you call him? The rational the one. The rational one. I called him smarter. Oh yeah, that, that as well. I mean, the way he is smart towards mom in this kind of indicates that it he is way more difficult to man manipulate than Amenadiel. My exact note was, please don't take her bullshit like Ames does. Cue Ames walks in and is being a complete fucking pawn. It's just, I don't know, I see the righteousness of, of Lucifer's actions. It just makes me really happy because he is finally standing up for himself, even though that he did some bad things. We all make mistakes, we all do bad things. I admit it's not we don't necessarily murder our siblings, but I think this is a little bit of a different situation and he had to go through this by himself. Like what happened to mom? Mom got casted to hell. Well, so did Lucifer. Tough shit. Ames fell. Well, so did Lucifer. Tough shit. They are playing these victims and it just upsets me that exactly Lucifer, they're not there for you. We are. Please stay here. We love you. This is your home. I agree with everything you said. Also, it shows just how much Lucifer has grown. Yes. Because in beginning of season one, he was extremely blaming dad. Mm -hmm. And he is realizing that we all make mistakes now. And that we are also masters of our own fate. Exactly. To and the way we choose to deal with them words. is defining us rather than anything else. I really appreciate seeing how far back Ames and mom are in that yes. regard. Because it shows how far Lucifer has come. But also there's this little moment, and this is probably my last note of this episode. When Lucifer gets super upset, there is this detail on the sword where we see a little flame come out. Mom sees it and immediately calms him down. She does a 180 and she immediately talks, tries to talk him down. Which, this is gonna be a big thing. And if the flame is a flaming sword, indeed, how is that an Azrael's blade? And there's gonna be so much more in that and I cannot wait. And also, I love it because it's so understated. It's very obvious that the fire is starting to lick on the edge of the blade and everything and the extreme reaction of mom trying to be very obtuse about it and everything. So I thought it was very well done, mm -hmm. but I decided to shelve it <laughs> until I have at least some more hints on which direction to go with my devil details mm -hmm. because there are too many options and we then don't this have podcast is going to be four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's that. Yep. My 
closing thoughts on this episode are extremely short but positive because last week's episode for me was emotionally a letdown as our poor listeners probably are very aware of I apologize thank you for coming back after that emotional wreck this episode definitely made up for it the meta plot is not only advancing it is advancing extremely well done while we have our usual normal episode plot that one gave us such amazing and hilarious interaction with Ella and Lucy and we got such amazing character growth for Linda that I am a thoroughly happy Lena so all my suffering from last week was definitely worth it and I hope I will remember next time that when I don't like an episode that simply means that the next one is simply better (laughs) yeah that is fair enough feel free to remind me of this I will do so don't worry my final thoughts were in absolute majority mentioned throughout the episode Um, I did absolutely enjoy this it was still very light-hearted episode but it was there was some kind of a thrill in there as well there was some kind of a tension Lucifer is starting to ask the good questions why does he care so much that comes out in uh, one of the sessions of the reverse therapy and he does give himself an answer at the end this is the first place where he feels respected and loved this is home we can talk more about that when he explores that because I'm pretty sure that he's gonna have to do that because this realization is big for him I think then uh, we have the whole Ella storyline which is absolutely amazing yes I absolutely adore Ella obviously but I think one of the most important things about this is that we very rarely get a relationship between men and a woman which is more friendship without the sexual connotation romantic or sexual and I am sure like this is why I don't love shipping in general because I don't like to impose any kind of romantic sexual feelings onto characters that are either not written that way or are not presented that way I just love if we get a relationship that gets to be just friendship and it's very rare on television so thank you for that then we have the whole situation with Dan where he is so much better than so many characters on the show right now. And by so many, I mean Eminadil and Mom. This episode was only missing Trixie for you to be properly happy. Yeah, that was a big sad moment there. But like, yeah, Dan was doing, Dan did really well for himself and Ames and Mom are, they should just go away and stay that way. <laughs> That's pretty much everything I have to say about that. One question that comes out of this episode that is burning question. Ah, oh, pun intended. It's the blade! How did you know? Yes, it's the blade. That's that's the biggest question I kind of have after we are done with it because clearly it's significant. Clearly it's gonna have some effect in future. And I just want to know what it... But just tell me now! I am very impatient. But you'd blame me if I'm not happy when the meta plot doesn't get furthered. Hey, look, this is not a complaint. I just want to know everything straight away. I'm not True. complaining. I'm happy. I'm very happy. And with this, we say thank you for listening, especially after we got weird in the previous episode. If you want to get in touch with us to let us know you don't mind us getting weird, you can do so via all our social media or you can simply send us an email to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Our episodes, as usual, can be found on Spotify and iTunes. And as we mentioned in every single episode, we do have a Patreon. So if you want to get involved in a little bit higher level, you can join our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash the AOT podcast in supporting the show and getting access to the bonus content that we create every single week because we just don't know when to stop talking. But now we know we have to stop. So we say bye. Bye.